talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Retails Podcast. I am host of all the story, and sitting to my left is Archie. Boo. And sitting to the right of me is my brother, Josh. Uh, yellow. So today, we're going to be talking about paranormal activities during times of war. You know, we're kind of keeping the theme going from last week where we talk about warrior classes. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. So today we're gonna be talk. We're gonna talk about everything from real reports of paranormal sightings, of haunted bases, haunt mysterious blimps, to the army using the paranormal to their advantage. Damn. So I hope you guys sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs> And here are some of the creepiest ghost stories and legends from World War II. Now, these stories and uh, legends have been either be passed down by their their old relatives, mm-hmm. grandfathers that fought in war and have seen a bunch of shit. And some of them was paranormal stuff. And here are certain stories that I'm about to tell you all. Up first, we have a story called The Missing Children. Now, this story comes from Reddit user... Igloo444. His grandfather was a member of the British Army and was stationed in a remote village in the Swiss Alps during the winter of 1943. The village quickly got snowed in and all the telephone lines were out. The roads were blocked and the whole battalion was just stuck in the Swiss Alps for the entire winter. Most of the villagers only spoke German and most of the soldiers only spoke English. So when the soldiers were out at a local bar one night, a man began yelling, Where? take you, the children, at them. And they were pretty confused. They rounded up a translator and took the man back to the base, where he told them that since their arrival, several small objects had gone missing. A tarp, some wood, an axe, and then the children started disappearing. If it had just been one child, they probably would have written it off as a weird or tragic incident. But, but they were after all, stuck in the mountains, surrounded by snow and wild animals, but three kids. The captain told the villagers that he would continue to look into the matter, and that he would begin sending some of his men to patrol the streets each night looking for whoever or whatever was the culprit behind all the strange disappearances. Later that night, Private Ragnall disappeared from the barracks. Now, disappearing children was one thing, but a grown man? It seemed very unlikely that an animal or even a wolf could have taken down a healthy, full-grown man on its own. Naturally, rumors began to surface that there was some sort of monster living in the mountains that came down at night to feast on the occupants of the village. So they keep doing nightly patrols. One night, grandfather and a few soldiers see a person standing outside the windows of a darkened house, peering into it. They shout for the figure to stay put. Instead, it takes off running. They gave chase, 
Eventually, it jumped into a hidden cave and began targeting them. They returned fire, and when the exchange stopped, they investigated. They found that Regno was in the cave. Who? Dead. The private? Oh, okay. He was in the cave, deceased, surrounded by seven half-eaten children. Oh, shit. Bam. Did they get the thing? I'm assuming it was... Reginald. Yeah, it was a private. Oh. Because after the shooting stopped, he was yeah. found dead. Oh. Yeah, With him was the seven half Yeah, because they went to the cave. And yeah. Then they, were, they, they, sh- they got shot at, so they started yeah. shooting at the cave. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they oh. chased the guy yeah. that was from the house right, into right. the cave. Yeah. When they went to the cave, and bam, the bam, bam, fire bam. happened. When it stopped, they found the private dead and seven half demon children. What's going on, that, bro? What happened? To, where did the other four children come? Remember they said it was just three. <laughs> it was three. Yep. Those were only reported. There, this fool was eating them? Damn. Mm-hmm. So let's follow up the cannibalism with Japanese cannibals. Oh, hell yeah. Now, towards the end of the conflict, Japanese soldiers in Singapore began eating captured POWs. And it wasn't because they were starving. They were doing it simply because they could. <laughs> and to reinforce their bonds with their fellow comrades. Sometimes the prisoners were deceased when the Japanese began to hack off their flesh. But sometimes they were still alive. Fuck. This was a thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing that the, that the Chinese army did? Japanese. Japanese. It wasn't a thing the Japanese army did. It is a thing that some Japanese soldiers happen to do. Yeah, oh. it wasn't Japan itself where it was a norm where it's yeah. hey, your fucking enemy. Hey, bro, don't, don't keep any prisoners. Just fucking... It just happened to be that bro. these Japan, Japanese soldiers were, you know. Fuck, bro, that's scary. Yeah. Bro, Jap- when Japan invaded China, uh-huh. the fucking monstrosities that Japan did because Japan thought they were the shit. They were going to go into China yeah. and take over like that. Yeah. They said, we're going to take over mainland China in, I think they said in two months. Which, no, in three weeks or something. Which they were they, the, were they were conquering shit quick, though. Well, it wasn't until they, they fucked with the U.S. Well, <laughs> the thing, well, the thing was, they thought they were going to be able to conquer all of China before anybody else came in and... Mm. And fucked with shit. Yeah. It wasn't, and then they hit Shanghai, mm-hmm. and Shanghai put up a fucking resistance that took them like, I wanna say it was three weeks, mm-hmm. and it was the Japanese army that was fighting against farmers, and it took them three weeks, block by block, to finally take over Shanghai. And the Japanese were so fucking angry and almost demoralized that they, that these farmers, held them up for so long that the atrocity of Nanking happened. And that's a topic that I'm going to want to cover in a few weeks. Which is why we're kind of doing a lot of Eastern topics thing. Because mm-hmm. we're going to get in, you know, we're going to continue the story, but Nanking, it's, it's, the book is called The Rape of Nanking. And it's literally called The Forgotten Holocaust. Oh, uh, bro. It's bad. It, it's so bad that this, German not just World, during World War Two. This is worse than Unit. Is that what he said? A billion times worse. What? Because these weren't scientists. They, they, they were so bad that Germ that Nazi Germans that were in Japan mm. who had went to Japan to mm-hmm. help them out to mm-hmm. go 
to help take over China, they left the concentration camps and they thought the Japanese were fucked up to what they were doing to the Chinese. Like, hey, bro, you thought that we were doing bad to the Jews? Yes, you, bro. you don't know. You yeah. don't know. It was like that. The Germans, the Germans were like, bro, these guys are gross. These guys are, <laughs> these guys are sick. <laughs> they in came head. in there like, ew. <laughs> Bro, like this it says right here more than just narrating the details of an orgy of violence. The Japanese soldiers, a total disregard for human life. Bro, they would walk into a house, make the dad rape the youngest daughter, make the son rape the mom while everyone was alive, and then they'd go in that order again. Like the youngest raped the mom, then the next kid, and the next kid, and the next kid. And if they had daughters, it'd be the other way around. Dad raped the young one, then the oldest one, and the other one. And then they'd take the dad and the son, take them off to somewhere out, and use their live bodies as bayonet practices. That's the... But yeah, go on. Damn. It's, yeah, it's that's the rainbow. It's hard. It's a fucking hard read. I hope you are excited for that episode. Next story. We got Ghosts of Normandy. One father took a trip through France with his family. He wanted to visit Normandy and see a few sites from World War II. His daughter was seven years old at the time, and he says that she had, at that point, never been exposed to any history about World War II. He didn't know whether and did not know either side's uniform looked like. So keep that in mind. Went to France, want to see some World War II uh, scenery, scenes, and uh, his daughter doesn't know shit doesn't about know anything. anything about anything of World War II. Right, right. So keep that in mind. Now, after they returned home, things got a little odd. And this is what he wrote. Over the past year, my daughter has often spoke of things or men that she saw looking at her, pointing guns at her, and following her while we were in the bunkers and around Normandy area. She often described them as crouching down, hiding behind corners, holding guns, and looking as if they were very he started asking her questions about what she saw. Here's one conversation he had. Were you scared? Yes, but I knew they weren't trying to hurt me, so I didn't think of anything of it, but there were a lot of them. Everywhere I looked, they were moving around like army men do, kind of crawling, but bent over. When we would walk out of the bunker, I would see one in the grass or behind a tree. Then, then when I was in the car, I could see them looking at me from behind and a fence in the field. Sometimes a lot of them, and sometimes only one or two. She also described the uniforms perfectly. Camouflage and everything. So she was seeing a bunch of old ghosts? Yeah, so she was seeing... All these ghosts are fucking playing peekaboo with her? Yeah, I'm assuming the lost souls that lost her life there in Normandy. Up next, we got the mystery of the L8 blimp. 1942, a Navy blimp called the L-8 took off from Treasure Island in the Bay Area on the submarine spotting mission with two-man crew. A few hours later, it came back to land and collided into a house in Daly City. Everything on board was in its proper place. No emergency gear had been used, but the crew, the crew was gone. They were never found. Now we have ghost planes. After World War II ended, many people saw ghost planes. These fighter aircrafts would appear in the sky, then disappear without a trace. 
One scary story takes place a year after what occurred at Pearl Harbor. The U.S. Army picked up incoming plane on their radar. They sent a few pilots out to investigate. When they came back, the pilots said that they had seen an American combat aircraft, the P-40, to be exact, that looked like it had been through hell. It was pierced with holes, the landing gear was missing, and the pilot was bloody. Then the plane just went down, dropped right out of the sky. When they went to investigate the site, they found the plane, but no pilot. Imagine seeing ghost planes. Seeing ghosts is one thing. Seeing a fucking ghost plane? What's scarier, ghost plane or ghost ship? None. What the f- like... A ghost, a ghost plane just looks like a plane. But it's a ghost. How would you know it's a ghost? It screams boo. Oh, yeah. It shoots boo. No, but also, I, I read like other boo. accounts of that. Uh-huh. Fuck. <laughs> Freaking dry heaving. <laughs> um, and they would see these ghost planes or ghost ships that were just riddled with fucking bullet holes or like it, it looked like it was falling apart. That's how they would know it was a, a, Oh, it's a ghost plane. Or the, that's how they'll confirm it, not know it, because like, that pretty, plane is so shot up it should not be flying right now. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, like, <clears throat> you know, when something like that happens, they try to contact them, like, hey, blah blah blah, where you at? Where are you going? Who are you? Blah blah. No response. And start seeing as they get closer. What I'm it looks a ghost. Like. <laughs> Prove it. Do a flip. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's crazy, right? Because you would think, how the fuck can an object become a ghost? That's, Even that, yeah. it's like fucking ghosts. Who the fuck believes in ghosts? Hey, remember that one Let's story see. where we remember that one ghost train that we did when we did the oh, yeah. schools? Well, there you go. Yeah. That was that. A whole train, a whole ass train. Bro. That that you think the whole thing became a ghost because like the lost soul, like it became part of that lost soul and became a ghost. That or the souls. We're now permanently put in this object. So technically, it's like the lost souls are so controlling it, but then you don't see them. Then wouldn't technically, then wouldn't we see ghost houses if that was the case? Right. Well, right. Remember, right. Haunt, haunted houses, right? So Objects not, moving and shit. But those aren't necessarily ghost houses. It's just a house that has a ghost. This is a oh, pool. You know true. what I mean? I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Well, it's because these shits are mobile, bro. That house this. ain't mobile. It, it ain't going to be like Monster House. It grows up fucking feet starts walking around. Who knows what Baba Yaga has it? She has a house with chicken legs. Fuck. There was a comedian who talked about that. He was like, I'm never going to buy a house. I'm just going to live in an apartment. Because oh, apparently... Ghosts, ghosts are, rich, <laughs> are rich people problems. <laughs> no. Like, oh, I just ruined the show. Oh, that's that's the community I heard. It's like ghosts are rich people problems because you never see them haunting apartments. Wait, is that with uh, the little nerdy dude? Yeah, the little white skin. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. they don't have a point. He was like, he was like, like, I hope everyone in this code who has a who has a house has a ghost. <laughs> no, bro, I'm trying to find a, go- a uh, like a millennial ghost. You know what I mean? Like, who I don't want a millennial ghost be. It to be a ghost, but instead of wearing a white dress and playing old Victorian music, okay, I want him play? to look like 2001 Iverson, 
baggy ass jeans, baggy ass shirt with a side with a hat sideways yeah. in the middle of the night instead of you hearing like them singing the ring around. Yeah, the yeah. He's what singing like fucking candy shop or something, some 50 cent song, you know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to sing like old Lil Wayne, getting the black is hot, some genuine. You, you hear all the hits from our last Super Bowl that we had. Yeah, I want a crip walking ghost. I'd be amazing. I'd be amazing. I wouldn't be scared. I'd join in. Like at that point, would you even be scared? Hell no. I think that just I nullifies the, 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 you the, know, the whole. But ghost. you know what though? That maybe that's why we we only see like Victorian ghosts or whatever. Like, so from that time, because the timeline has happened so far enough that that should seem scary to us. And maybe way, 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 way later in the future, those people are gonna have millennial ghosts. But then, where are the millenn- where are the millennial ghosts now? They ain't present yet. Why not? Because time hasn't passed by enough. You think you have to be dead a certain amount of time before you can promote that, to be that a ghost? Whole, that whole generation needs to be gone. Maybe. It's I like mean, it's like the, what? What if it's like the twenty-five year rule with fucking Japanese cars? Nah, nah. <laughs> All right. Like, you can you cannot haunt until you've been dead on the ground for at for least this, 50, for at least fifty years. There you go. There you for go. At least 50 years. That's it. That's so your it. whole generation. That whole generation needs to be dead. Either they're dead or they're dying. Yeah. That way, well, they're old and senile, and they're like, and they oh, say, oh, I see blah 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 blah. Like, oh, grandpa, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, grandpa, you did not see baby bash. <laughs> <laughs> Just sing sugar. Shut <laughs> <laughs> And you know how sometimes we see old ghosts carrying a candle? Okay. What is this for? A flip phone? A <laughs> flip phone? A <laughs> flip phone? You see a ghost trying to record a ringtone on your TV? It, it was like the Blackberry for teenagers. Well, I know most of our listeners listen to either Lady Gaga or Eminem. Hmm. What? That's what our Spotify thing tells us. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Kaka. All right, um, moving on. Last but not least, we have the Diplomat Hotel. Oh, fuck. Now, the Diplomat Hotel was once a monastery in the early 1900s. During World War II, Japanese soldiers invaded the monastery and beheaded all the clergy and nuns. They turned the building into a sanatorium. And after the conflict, it was converted into a hotel. Guests often reported seeing black figures and women in white. They also heard screaming and banging in the middle of the night. The hotel is now abandoned in a prime spot for ghost hunters. What's it called? The Diplomat Hotel. And it's over in? In the Philippines. In the Philippines. Shall we record an episode? Oh, that's by At the Philippines? At? At the Philippines? No. The Diplomat Hotel. Let's Why go. Not? Live stream it. Why Vlog not? it. Philippines? Yeah. yeah. It's cheap. Why don't we just go to the hotel here in LA? 
Which one? Uh, this is better. John Richard Ramirez and the chick who died in the, in the tank. Oh, the Cecil Hotel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Would you just be down to do vlogs and shit? Oh, fuck yeah. That was a torque question, though. No. I mean, we, we've been wanting to do them. You want to do that shit? Yeah. It's been like five years. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, my segment, I got a lot of this inspiration from one of the stories that we told in a previous episode about the giant of Kandahar. The Middle Eastern giant. The Middle Eastern giant. And if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out because it's a fucking dope-ass story. So a lot of my segment is going to be revolving around the paranormal, the ghosts, the unexplainable, shit like that. So for starters... Uh, most of my, or actually all of my sources are from a subreddit that you could easily find. Put the link to that subreddit in our show notes so you can check it out. And I'll be uh, giving acknowledgments to all the, the Redditor authors who put up their stories because a lot of these are fucking sick. There's so many and if I could put all of that, that's a whole fucking episode and so So I got you some of the ones I thought were interesting as shit. So here's one by Redditor So There I Was Dash No Shit Which is a dope ass fucking I fuck with it I fuck with it And this is his story In our compound at Eldora, Baghdad In June or July of 03 It was a night And we were just hanging out in the front of the platoon's house It was full dark outside I don't know what the fuck we were doing Probably playing washes or something Our guard post calls the SOG Saying that there's a weird light to the east. I'm like, weird light? What is this fucker talking about? Who the, who the fuck is on guard? So we go up on the roof of the house so we can see over the wall. And the city has had sporadic power at best. And I can't remember the neighborhood that where lights are on. But this was not coming from any city. Way, way off in the distance was a bright glow as if we were watching it, it just keeps getting brighter and brighter. It doesn't move. It just keeps getting more and more bright. Till it's this glow on the horizon outside of the city. And we're all kind of spooked. And I say, Jesus, is that a nuke or something? And then it just faded back out. And we were the engineers and doing lots of big demo at the time. And this was not a blast. It was far away. And it was huge. And it never made a sound. And that was it. Never seen anything like it before or since. Not a clue of what it was. If I was the only one who saw it, I'd say it was probably a fucking dream. But it wasn't. Because I wasn't the only one there. And what's funny about this story is that another Redditor, who's also at around that area at the time, added his fucking input. And this was by Tri-State Buffalo. He said, holy shit, dude, I think I saw the same thing. Same time frame, except I was down the airfield somewhere in Al-Tali or Tafar in between Baghdad and Kuwait. And the one with the Ziggurat. I don't know what that is. There's a Ziggurat. We're heading down to Kuwait from uh, BIAP and stayed at the airfield. I was on the fire watch and was sitting outside and saw a huge fucking orange glowing ball way off the horizon. 
I remember thinking mm. that the USAF must have dropped a bomb or something and waited for the sound of the explosion. After not hearing anything and still seeing the ball of light, I started counting. I remembered getting to almost two minutes before it went away. I never heard a sound of the explosion. So I have no idea what the hell it was. Never saw anything in the news. If neither of us posts on our accounts again, probably means that we got scooped up and sent away by some secret agency. <laughs> Damn, it's crazy. So it was just a random light. So it was just a random light that just saw at the fucking outskirts in an area that was not in any marked town that they know of. And since, you know, they're from, from the military, they know what fucking bombs look like and what freaking atomic bombs look like. Yeah, no I'm idea guessing. what the hell this was. And, and it had an orange hue, too. Yeah, and so it was a big ball of light that was just coming out from an area. And so they're expecting, all right, let me fucking start counting because we're going to feel the fucking impact if it's that fucking bright from over here. Two minutes and nada. And nada. Not a single damn thing. So you think like two minutes they were just like squinting? They're like, bracing, just like bracing like, themselves? Oh, just covering their nuts. This is just, <laughs> yeah, like this will help, right? This will protect my nuts. Oh, yeah, if yeah. I do survive, yeah, my nuts bro. will be well. If anything survives, it's got to be my nuts. My nuts. nuts. Yeah. My nuts. Your money maker. Dang, just a natural instinct. How are you just like, oh. Cover nuts. <laughs> Here's another one. RPGs coming at you, right? You're just like, hey, yeah, nuts. Bro. my nuts. You're getting aimed for the head, but fuck, fuck that. Yeah, you gotta protect your other head. Yeah, protect. Yeah, and nuts. You got, got two it. heads. There you go. Protect your nuts. <laughs> Here's another one, a short one, by Pennywise one two three five. In Okinawa, there are places in the island that the local national gate guards will not stand at posts. On during certain times of the day because of dead Japanese soldiers during the war. There are also supposedly places where, again, dead Japanese soldiers will walk up and ask for a cigarette. But I never saw it personally, but you'll never know. Yeah, we covered that story in, I think it was our yokai episode, where there's an army of ghosts that keep going up and down this hill, and they ask for people for cigarettes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you happen to give you a cigarette, if you give them a cigarette, um, you'll—I don't know if you'll die something or whatever—but yeah. you, you'll join the ranks of the ghost army. Yeah, they keep shouting up and down. This one of us. One, one of us. One of us. Sparta. Sparta. There you go. Blowing, Here. blowing each other the whole time, going up and down the mountain. <laughs> they're like little kids, but instead of holding hands, they're holding dicks. Come on! Oh, literally. That's true. Is that where the phrase come? Come on. Keep no, Auntie. No. I hope not. I use that phrase a lot. Do me a favor and move on. <laughs> I got you. Next one is by Light Wolf. Wolf spelled with the V instead of the F. Wolf. Wolf. Like nice. Wolf. Dude's a man of culture. Yeah. So this one is not really a paranormal one, but it's fucking creepy as shit. So this is a U.S. Navy photographer who, in the deepest parts of the ocean, you awesome steam past small boats that are empty or seemingly empty sometimes they look like they got loose and no one looked for them sometimes they look disgusting like someone lived in them until they couldn't and sometimes it's obvious someone is still in them but they haven't moved in weeks damn so I'm pretty sure it's not, not common but I'm pretty sure every once in a while you'll see, you'll a, see random a fucking random boat. boat with someone in it dead already and I think there was a there was a photo that I saw of some boat that apparently has been out at sea for like 20, 30 years. 
the boat looks fucking pristine as shit, dude. Oh, and it's the dude inside who's brought into yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it just looks so fucking clean. I can't see what the outside looked like, so I don't know if it was, like, wrecked. Pretty yeah. sure it was. But the inside looked like nothing has been touched. And the guy's just, like, laying over. It looks like a fucking mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. Boats and ghosts. Yeah. Uh, Have you guys gone to the Queen Mary? Queen Mary? During, yeah. like, the... I've gone Halloween to it. Or the, yeah, yeah. The, the, I, have, I haven't gone inside, but I've been there. I gone to it inside for the maze for that. Because I know they do like spend a night type of thing. You have there to. I don't know more. about that. Sometimes you have to that. Sometimes it's open. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times it's closed. Like like right now, I think it's closed because of COVID. Yeah. Again, yeah. but for a while, there were a few years where we just randomly mm-hmm. checked. Because I remember Chris's sister did it once, mm-hmm. where oh, the sleepover, the, the sleepover with the maze, with with with, with the maze thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like footsteps that you hear. Yeah. It fucking smells, bro. It smells, it smells like, like armpit. Nice. Yeah. There was like a particular part of the maze that I went through. And it just smelled like fucking armpit. I mean, it's probably every, I'm pretty sure that's the spot where everyone fucking shit themselves. And they have to move the corner. Like, All right, too many people have shit themselves here. Let's, let's start scaring people over there. There you go. This one, this story kind of reminds me of, of the fucking story of Kandahar. So this one's by D. Zwuzi. One of my drill sergeants actually has a creepy story from one of his Afghanistan, Afghanistan deployments. He was infantry, so being in the field and out on missions for multiple weeks wasn't uncommon. One night, while sleeping in a fighting position, he dug, he felt something nibbling at his feet. He woke up and kicked it off, and what he saw wasn't any type of marsupial, but a little humanoid figure he could only describe as looking like Golem. But being in the field with little sleep, he chalked it up to him just seeing things. A couple days later, he and another guy were on watch, and the other guy pointed out something and said, What the fuck is that? And pointed... Climbing a walk. And pointed at a stone wall in the distance. There you go. Oh shit! <laughs> My drill sergeant looked through his this his binoculars, and crawling across the top of the stone wall was the exact little humanoid creature he encountered a few nights before. It's fucking Frodo I'm trying to get you know. <laughs> what is he trying to get? I don't know. Trying to get you know. <laughs> I was, your bullshit. I was gonna say Frodo, but nah, it should have been what's his face? Schmigel? No, the other phone. Uh, the food that's gay for Frodo. Bobbin? No, bo- uh, Baggins? Baggins? Is it Baggins? That up, Bilbo. Then um, who fucks gay for Frodo? The ch- the fat, his partner. Yeah, yeah. The one isn't it Baggins or no? No. What's his name? If I knew it, I'd say it. Actually, I'm trying <laughs> to fucking remember. Frodo's Sam. Oh, it's f- Sam. No. Bagging. No. <laughs> Sam is no. bagging. Yeah, Sam is super. He's hard for Frodo. Yeah, because doesn't he just follow him the entire time? Yeah, Sam the... Samwise? Samwise. There you go. Sam the Samwise? No, it's Samwise. Oh, Samwise. Sam the Samwise? Sam the Samwise? <laughs> That's a ridiculous ass name. A ridiculous name. A ridiculous last name. The award for ridiculous last name goes to my fifth grade friend. First name, Mitchell. Last name, Mitchell Mitchell. You're kidding. Nope. nope. Mitchell Mitchell Mitchell? Really? 
Damn, his dad apparently Mitchell hated him, huh? Mitchell Mitchell. His last name was Mitchell Mitchell. Mm-hmm. His first name, Mitchell. All spelled mm-hmm. the same. I hope so. <laughs> I, hope is, uh, so. I mean, how many mm-hmm. other ways can you spell Mitchell? Uh, there's a lot yeah. of creative ways, bro. People, I teach. Alright. <laughs> what is the most stupidest name you can say it now, bro? You can say it. I know they know what student you're talking about. I'm like, no one's gonna know the student you're talking about. Name the student. How stupid his name is. Sam Wise <laughs> Mitchell Mitchell. Did you have any nicknames? No, they just called us K Rockers, which is stupid. The K Rockers? Like, like, but you personally, like, did any of your boys or anyone call you? Huh? I had a fuck ton. You? What, nicknames? Yeah. You got any nicknames? From like elementary all the way to aside from Archie, Hank, Hank, yeah, from no. Why well, you have you have Hank's no, ass? No, because no. <laughs> you like propane? No. And propane accessories? <laughs> I wish it was all that, but no, it's because it, it's stupid. It's just because I had a fucking sweater at the time that said Hawk, but the way the W was spelled or looked like looked like a fucking N. So I was called Hank because I always wore that sweater. What's right. the stupidest name you had? Had a few. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you said you had a few. Elementary, I was... Six pockets. Uh, oh, damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I don't want to talk about it. Why you say that shit when I was drinking? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. All Wait, right. I want to hear this fucking That's story. It, it, it's straightforward. I had a shirt that had six pockets. That's it. Okay? I yeah, was like... He, all right, it wasn't my choice, asshole. I was like, I was like seven, eight... First of all, I don't appreciate that you're laughing that fucking hard. It was fucking a church. Hank. Oh, no. right. it, was, it was a church shirt. Oh, no. Did you use all the pockets? <laughs> each one has Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon decks. <laughs> you had to keep playing one and all the other Pokemon games. And each other yeah, ones. I had all the fuck yous in them. You know? just, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I want the shirt. What are some of the names you called your brother? Oh, name, name, name me. Yeah, it was like three, four, like, bitch. <laughs> You know, like that's how we say like, hey, good morning. Yeah. Like, oh, what's up, bitch? Oh, what's up? Yeah. Even yeah. to this day, yeah, even to the, yeah. Even yeah. To the, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because it's between me and my brother. Yeah, yeah. and it's just a fun word. Yeah, but we still call each other faggot. Yeah, like okay. no, I'm you know it's just one of those words. That it's just it's what's up, faggot. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> I'm eating cereal. You get some homework. Hey, what's up, faggot? Hey, what's up, bitch? That's it. It's a term of endearment. It's just a fun word to say. <laughs> Moses like Moses like don't put fucking meaning to this shit. Yeah, don't put your homophobic baggage on this beautiful word. <laughs> just leave it. It's just man, leave it. Anyways, last one. We got the fucking Wolfman, which is funny because the person who wrote this up is T H Cryptid. Nice. nice. It's it's the Wolfman. He's telling the story about. Telling, yeah, it's his story. By the time he almost got caught. There you go. Damn. Caught. caught. So it was during my third deployment to Iraq. The platoon had taken up residence in two houses in a village several miles south of Haditha. One day, I heard our translator having a heated discussion with two local men. I grabbed my gear and my rifle and walked out to the road to investigate. I asked the translator what's going on. He tells me that two men are crazy and assures me that they are not dangerous. I asked what they want and he mumbles about them being superstitious or something along those lines. He assures me that everything is okay and my attention is not needed. It took a bit of prying, but the translator finally says that they're having a wolfman problem. But they're afraid that if they shoot at it, the local troops will be alarmed and attack the house. They tell us that the wolfman has been coming around late at night and has already killed a few sheep. 
and they are worried that what's going to start attacking their family, that it's going to start attacking their family. So I assume somewhere in the translation, the word dog had turned into wolf and somehow being conveyed to me by the translator as wolf man. So I try to clarify, do they mean dog? The translator is a bit hesitant, but almost like he's embarrassed that his countrymen are wasting everyone's time by believing in such nonsense. But they are adamant that their house is being besieged by a wolfman. Again, I ask if it's just a big dog. And no, it's a wolfman. So I ask if there are wolves in Iraq, and they're all in agreement that yes, there are wolves in Iraq. But there are no wolves in this part of this country, and it's not a wolf or a large dog that is killing the sheep. It's a wolf man. The translator is trying to assure, to usher them away, but at this point, pretty intrigued, and I still feel a bit confused about this whole dog wolf wolf man thing. So I ask them to describe what they're seeing, and tell me every few nights it comes around. They first see it on four legs, and it kind of stalks around their small compound. But then it stands up like a man walking on two legs. It growls and it has lunged at men. But as they retreat, it turns its attention to the sheep. Their own dog refuses to help protect human or the sheep. They tell me that the creature has killed a few of their sheep, and they have found one of the bodies ripped apart with portions of its eating away. They have been hesitant to shoot for fear of the troop involvement. The translator says that he has heard such a creature, and even though this type of story has been spread to the area by various people, that it's no more than superstitions and delusions. He assures me that there is no such thing as a wolfman. I tell two men that they should feel free to protect themselves and their livestock, and with my interest piqued. I get the men to agree to fall to allowing us to stop by from time to time to set up an observation post while we are out on patrol. A couple of nights later, I join a night patrol and we head towards the house. We are then greeted by one of the men and he gives us entry to the compound. We go up to the roof and set out our sentries to look to overlook the nearby bridge. But a, an hour later, the homeowner comes up. With a panicked look on his face, he's talking really fast. Excitement and concern in his voice, and body language. He's wanting me to come with him. I tell the two others to come with me, and we all follow the man. He leads us to the other side of the house, and we exit onto the enclosed country yard where the sheep are being kept. The sheep are making plenty of noise, and the man is pointing out to a dark corner of the yard. I strain my eyes to see what he's pointing at, and finally. I see this large wolf slash dog just standing in the corner. I ask the other two guys with me if they see it too, and they both agree that it's a wolf or a dog. I move behind a small section of the wall, and I can hear popping and crackling noises, like joints or knuckles being cracked. When I step out from behind the wall, it was upright on two legs. It swiftly. And effortlessly jumped the perimeter of the wall, and we could hear it running away on two feet. I conveyed to the man as best as I could: if that thing ever showed up again, feel free to shoot at it if he could, and if he did, to please let me know.、And、these are some 
of the paranormal, ghostly, cryptid encounters by the military. So we're all aware that armies use psychological operations, PSYOPs, to keep people away from certain areas or to demoralize the enemy. Like during World War II, when the United States dropped large condoms labeled small into enemy territory. That's a fucking lie. It's rumored that the United States dropped large condoms in enemy territory and labeled them as small to make them feel demoralized and less of a man compared to the United States. Well, they're like, haha, small dick. Well, they're thinking, well, remember, imagine if you grab a condom and it's fucking huge and you look at it and it says small, you're like, these motherfuckers are donging hard. So, I'm, Damn, you know. the disrespect. That's, that's a disrespect, bro. The psychological <laughs> warfare <laughs> that's how that, that was Man, happening. Imagine you're about to shoot someone you're like, what a beautiful dick is. <laughs> and you just keep thinking about it and you get shot. What if you're looking at your enemy and then your enemy just does this? Show you their pinky. Like, he just sticks out his arm. <laughs> He's like, you pinky. Me, baby arm. You, baby small. <laughs> Me, size of baby. But sometimes we might take things a little too far. Like the time U.S. soldiers pretended to be vampires scare the fuck out of the enemy. What the fuck? So in the 1950s, Lieutenant Colonel Edward G. Lansdale was sent to the Philippines to help with the communist rebels in the area, known as the Hooks. They were a very superstitious group, so so to Lansdale's credit, he had his men study their local legends and see what they could find. They hit the jackpot with the Aswang which is kind of an umbrella term for anything that encompasses like ghosts, witches, to like vampires. So they decided to see how powerful this, this Aswang legend really is. And he tested it on the locals and convinced them that the Aswang would curse anybody that supported the rebels. So they began circling a rumor in a nearby village that a vampire lived in the hills nearby. And they waited for the rumor to make its way up to the hill to the rebels, and that's when they sprung into action. So they started a rumor, hey, there's a vampire nearby, chill out, nobody do anything, don't go out at night. Well, people started talking went from village to village to village to village until it went up into the jungles to where the rebels were. So a small covert team snuck into the hills where the rebels patrolled, and as the patrol passed, they snatched the man in the back. They poked two holes in his neck, held his body, by the heels until the blood drained out and then they put the corpse back out on the trail so when the troops came back they found it as they patrolled back the same area they found it and immediately left the area like people with guns I could deal with but fucking vampires I'm out fuck that so the soldiers used a similar trick in Vietnam they studied the local area's legends and capitalized on the belief that the souls of the dead not buried were forced to wander the world. So what did the United States soldiers do? They made a series of ghost tapes that they called 
wandering souls. So the tapes began with the Buddhist funeral music and then a girl's cry for her father begins. A ghost then responds to the girl crying in regret that he chose to die on the battlefield rather than staying with his family. Everyone from soldiers to ships to aircrafts would blast these tapes at different times. Even though this was a more calculated attack than the vampire one from a few decades before, the result was nowhere near as effective. In fact, reports came from those that played the tapes would come under increased fire when they started playing the tapes. So they'd be chilling, nothing would happen, they'd play the tapes, and then suddenly, yeah, they start shooting at the, well, I mean, what would you do if, let's say, there is a haunted forest, and you have a gun, and you hear shit in the forest, yeah, you're just gonna shoot the fuck out, you're just shooting to the forest, and that's what, that's what ended up happening. the Americans, yeah, wee! Oh, this shit ain't real. That was the U.S. military using some psychological warfare involving the paranormal. I like how the 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 vampire one, they're like, oh, I am fucking this shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa. But then like stuff that is like traditional to them, they're like, I don't believe this shit. So by now, it's safe to say we've all heard of cryptids, but we haven't heard of all cryptids. So many of them. Rock apes are nowhere near as famous or well-known as the Yeti or the Bigfoot, but the sightings of these mysterious animals by American soldiers in the jungles of Vietnam during the Vietnam War were surprisingly common. So much so that we have extremely detailed accounts of most of these sightings. So in Vietnam, there's this particular here, there's this particular hill nicknamed Monkey Mountain from the numerous sightings of this rock ape. While there was never a corpse recovered, there are so many sightings of this rock ape throughout the war that the US government the US government had put out an investigation team to get to the bottom of it. They were nicknamed rock ape rock apes because of the rocks they would throw at the US soldiers and the US soldiers alone. They were on occasion seen throwing back grenades that the U.S. soldiers hurled into the jungle. Damn. Described as being up to six feet tall and built like a motherfucker with long limbs and big bellies, the rock apes were said by witnesses to be covered in brown, reddish hair. They were also believed to live in groups, and they would mainly be found in remote areas of the jungle away from humans. At first, many thought that soldiers were just seen orangutans, 
But then they realized that orangutans have been extinct in Vietnam for thousands of years. That's fucking crazy. Plus, orangutans are social animals, and these rock apes, they didn't behave like orangutans. Then there was also the white-cheeked gibbon, which is native to Vietnam, but the size descriptions don't match. They're way smaller, and these, and these white-cheeked gibbons don't usually weigh more than 20 pounds. So sightings of rock apes by Viet Cong and NVA troops were also common enough that an NVA general, General Hoang Min, organized an expedition in 1974 to try to capture or at least kill one of these legendary creatures. The expedition was unsuccessful, and no hard evidence for the existence of the rock apes was ever found by this expedition. But then another expedition organized by a professor in the Vietnam University in the Vietnam from the Vietnam National University was similarly unsuccessful. However, strange human-like, but not human, footprints were found in the jungle in 1970 by Professor Tran Hong. He made casts of the footprints, but no further evidence of the rock apes' existence. So the craziest part of these reports is that every single one of them mentioned the lack of fear the rock apes had of the humans. They flexed on the American soldiers so hard that many troops would suddenly get pelted with large two-foot stones being thrown by these stone apes. Imagine you're a soldier, you and your little platoon are going through the jungle, and then just fucking two-foot stones start flying from the jungle hitting you. And they look into the jungle and there's these two-foot stones? Two-foot two foot long stones. Damn. These, were bold, these motherfuckers are chucking boulders at you. But, well, were they chugging them at Americans or? Americans. They only fucked with the only Americans. Only with the Americans. Only with the Americans. Damn. Bunch of L's. Yeah, so the American soldiers, so American soldiers, they throw grenades to the jungle. Yeah. The fucking rock, the rock apes would catch the grenade and throw it back. What? Boom. Fuck. So this appearance. So, Force. So the, so the apparent lack of fear of humans could be explained by the fact that rock apes if they did exist, inhabited ranges that were usually so far away from humans that they saw humans as no threat. Or, if reports about the large size were accurate, that they saw human beings, the American soldiers specifically, as too small or weak to even present a th remote threat to them. On at least one occasion, in fact, a large troop of rock apes was said to have attacked a group of marines in mass so apparently there's a group of marines that were just walking through the Vien through this vietnamese forest mm. when a fucking group a gang of these six foot rock apes decided to throw hands and fucked up the marines what according to these marines but there's a, you know an explanation put forth by skeptics to explain away the rock ape phenomenon is that these creatures were just hallucinations conjured up in the troubled imaginations of young men who were in a hostile, inhospitable environment and under extreme stress, with their lives under constant threat. The perfect sort of environment and conditions for the young brain to conjure up illusions. It is also said that the U.S. soldiers were always high as fuck too. Really? Off of the ganja. Off of the devil's lettuce. Really? The ganja. So it's Where? like... So it's like, all right. Where were they getting that shit from? 
guess it's all over Vietnam. I don't know. I guess they had it with them. I don't know. Like, hey, you got to die? Uh, Team America. Fuck. <clears throat> yeah. So, like you, you know, like you did, actually. Like, like we most do when we're bored or we have nothing to do. You know, we're on Reddit. So, I found this Reddit thread called, What's the Creepiest, Most Paranormal Thing You Have Encountered During Your Service? Okay, okay. One time in an Air Force base in the Republic of Korea, we had a power outage at night. All of us walked out of our hangar doors to see what the problem may have been. And we saw a very, very, very large triangular shape passing over our hangar. It was a clear, moonless light. Previously, and when we went outside to look around, we noticed the starscape being covered by this large triangular shape. And then slowly uncovered. And then again, and again, and again. No sound associated with the event, other than the normal sounds of the location. I'll never forget this night. So according to this dude, lights went out. They're in Korea. No lights. All you see is the this night sky. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the night sky is blocked by this big triangular shape. Oh, shit. And then it gets unblocked. And then again. And then again. It's just like and back again. and forth. And again. And again. I'm thinking that it was like a, uh, a fucking group of alien ships that were just fucking yo, flying yo, over yo, them yo, yo, yo. that caused a power outage for them to sneak out. So this is my dad's story. Not literally, but this threat. Okay. The response. This is my dad's story. After he was done in Vietnam, he was soon, he was soon stationed at an Air Force base in Greenland. They often had bad blizzards there. When they came through, the base shut down and every section of the barracks would take roll call. He said for about five months, every time they locked down for weather, they would hear horrendous screaming outside. Everyone was accounted for, so they didn't risk sending anyone out to investigate. They wrote it off as an animal. However, every time this was heard, the engine room would be wrecked. Hmm. Tools everywhere, Paperwork all over the floor, tables, and toolboxes knocked over. Even one time, a several thousand pound jet engine had been lifted from its workbench crane thing and smashed almost 30 feet away. The hangars and engine room had cameras covering every single possible entrance with spotlights that made them even clear in a whiteout. No animals, no people, no anything was ever seen entering or leaving those buildings. That was just just a bunch of shit pushed everywhere. And the several ton pound engine just tossed 30 feet from where it was supposed to be. Fuck. It reminds me of your washer incident. I don't want to talk about that. Just fuck y'all. I could have died. Look, Hachi, there's two things we were talking about at this house, okay? One, the laundry insert. And two, my six pockets. All right. Thank you, everybody. That was the end of our paranormal ghost war s- stories. Stories. Legends. Yeah. Legends. Bullshit. Paranormal. The bullshit. The bullshit. Unex- the was unexplained. Our, you know, that was the end of our war bullshit. Yeah. You know. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, you know, ghosts. Always fun. Always a fun read. Always a fun hang. But still, if you guys know what the fuck, how you make a plane a ghost, comment on our post when we're going to be talking. Comment on our post that talks about this specific episode. Tell us your theories on how a ghost 
about how a fucking plane could become a ghost or a train uh, or a train object something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's not because obviously it's not possessed by anything right or is it or, no then it's just then it's just a possessed if someone's possessed they're not considered a ghost are they no right true all right see so thank you guys uh, if no one has anything else to add as always please please please, please add us on Instagram Weird History Eritos Pod you guys can rate and review us on iTunes that really helps the show grow um, you know thank you guys you know we said it three episodes ago but thank you guys it's been a uh, fun five years and we'll see what the future holds for us and um, if anything and if nobody has anything else to add got anything else to add six pockets yeah um Andrew, do you uh, have anything? Uh, six <laughs> of fuck yous. Thank you, guys. And as always, we are the Weird History. Here we toast pod. Oh, tell us your best nicknames. <laughs>